right now we have over a hundred trillion with a T hundred yeah. trillion unfunded liabilities in this country. Explain that because I think, you know, whether whenever you're listening to this, we have trillions and trillions of dollars of of debt. And that's a lot of money, like a trillion versus a billion. Yeah, unbelievable. Is insane. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Breakdown. And this is going to be a very, very special episode because we're going to be talking about Social Security, why it's a Ponzi scheme, and Dan has done hours of research and is going to be very, very exciting. Yeah, this is very exciting. And, and it, you know, we talk about how Social Security is a government-sponsored Ponzi scheme. I, I love. It's just, it's crazy <laughs> to just let that settle in for a second. And this is coming from a book I was reading called Managing Foundations and Charitable Trusts. Uh, which you know, apparently a lot of people don't read, but uh, <laughs> we're we're doing a lot of research on charitable trusts and foundations and just charitable giving in general. And so I was reading this book, and this section came up of Social Security is a government-sponsored Ponzi scheme. And I have you trained, and you're like, oh, this would be an amazing podcast. It would be an amazing <laughs> podcast episode. So you know, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, you know Social Security, why it started, what what the initial basics of that look like, um, what a Ponzi scheme is. How Social Security, um, you know, the the reasons why the seven reasons the seven reasons why Social Security is like a Ponzi scheme, the three reasons that makes it different from a private Ponzi scheme, and we're going to talk a little bit about you know how how this actually works. What does the future of you know everybody's talking about twenty thirty five and you know, the potential of it running out, and how this all relates to life insurance of all things, right. uh, and then you know what what's the purpose of all this in the first place? Right, we do we will land the plane, there will be some takeaways. Um, but one of the one of the first things, this video is not gonna be about strategies, about social, social security, um, but what I do wanna take a step back is, what is social security? I can't even say it, so, <laughs> social security. So social, <laughs> social security uh, started in 1935 and it was meant as basically a social safety net is, nice. is the easiest way that we could talk about it. And you know, in 1935, the average uh, age expectancy was what? It was 59.9, so 60. And and then I think for women, it was like maybe 64, but you couldn't take it until the age 65. And so it really was that social net that it's like, okay, if you outlive your money, it, it would you know kick in. But right now, so social security is like this retirement age and people are living way longer than than normal yeah well so that's a great point is like it was never intended to do what we uh, we as americans seem to be relying even right. more heavily now than ever thought because you were never intended to actually take the benefit think about it when it was started 1935 people died before the age of 65. N now life expectancy is around 87 depending on who you who you talk to and and so that right right there just think about that as we as this episode progresses and as we look at where our country's at. Again, it's it's interesting that people can take this benefit at age sixty-two. Yeah. It's so, crazy. So I've got my notes here. I want to make sure that I, everything I'm saying is accurate. And so straight from Investopedia, a Ponzi scheme is a fraudulent investing scam which generates returns for earlier investors with money taken from later investors. This is similar to a pyramid scheme in that both are based on using new investors funds to pay the earlier backers. So, Caleb, when you think of a Ponzi scheme, if somebody just came to you and said, you know, what's a Ponzi scheme? What would first come to mind? Who would first come to mind? I I mean, yeah, what what's his name? Bernie Madoff. Yes, and and like I well I just think of I just think of, you know, people someone 
getting people in line, getting them very excited, but then ultimately the people at the end get the short end of the stick. Yeah, and when I was doing my research, I actually saw there was a, a guy with the last name of Stanford who actually hmm. ran the second largest Ponzi scheme right behind Bernie Madoff. And it his happened all around the same time, but because Bernie's was so much bigger, he kind of lost the, huh. the limelight. So it's it's interesting to start looking at. There's a, there's still a lot of these going on today yeah. and you know, do your due diligence and whatnot. But I want to talk about the seven reasons why Social Security is like a Ponzi scheme. And the first reason is there's great returns for early investors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the second is it pays existing investors using funds from new investors. Mm -hmm. The third reason is lack of easy transparency. And the key word there is easy transparency is there's a lot of minutia of how this works and a lot of misinformation of what's going to happen. And so you know, there, there really is you know, if, if you ask people, what is social security? How does it work? Very mm -hmm. few would know and yep. wouldn't really know where to look or what, right. what the future holds with that. The fourth is misapplication of investor funds. And what that mm -hmm. means is it's, it's not actually invested to protect against inflation. And I'll explain mm -hmm. later what, what I mean by that. Um, and the fifth is funds invested with a related party. Yeah, that's interesting. Where, where, where do they invest funds? So they're actually invested in U.S. treasuries. Okay, so we're securities. So it's like, this entity is taking your money, paying out other people, and investing it with their own that's right. entity. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds very much like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, it's basically self-dealing. Uh, the sixth is the related party is unlikely to ever pay the funds back in real terms. And mm -hmm. that relates to unfunded liabilities, which you love talking about, and we'll touch more on that uh, later yeah. in this episode. And the seventh is no outside audit. Because mm. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? Say, you right. Know, that we, we need to audit you well, there's, we, we could go at length on that. But so those, those are the seven reasons. And if, if I just said those seven things without saying it was social security, if yeah. you knew what a Ponzi scheme was, or even had the semblance of what one was, you would be like, that sounds like a Ponzi scheme. A hundred percent. And yeah, no one, no one would sign up for that. No, no way. And so here, here's three interesting ways that social security is different from a privately run Ponzi scheme. And that these are what really are fascinating to me. The first is that the sponsor, the US government, can and does compel people to pay into it. They make people pay into it. You have to. <laughs> How crazy is that? The second one is the sponsor has the ability, again, the sponsor of the US government, has the ability to simply print the money to pay the benefits. And that's what we're talking about with unfunded liabilities is- It's worse than any Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Because, oh my God, yeah, continue. And the third is, again, the U.S. government, the sponsor of this, can and does change the rules in the middle of the game. Yep. Are, you, are we talking like increase the age? Decre they could decrease the payment. Yep. They could do whatever they want. Uh, almost everything can change about it. You know, you know it's interesting because before we got in the studio, you're, you, you told me that the, it's not considered a tax. It's considered a contribution, which is it's, it's ironic because it's something that we will get in the future. But... I think there's some people watching this or listening to this right now that go, I don't think I'm going to get social security. Well, yeah. And, you know, I, we've, a lot of people are like, so should I just take it as soon as possible? And again, we're, this is not theory around when you should take it or you shouldn't take it or wh what have you. But yeah, what you said is, you know, the contribution is 12.3%. And a lot of people think that they're paying social security tax. That's not actually true. The government says that because you are supposed to get a future benefit, and I say supposed to on purpose, that it's actually not a tax, it is a contribution. Right. And you know, we, we talk about in life insurance is you are paying a contribution to your to your as a premium yep. because the life insurance company has promised to pay some future benefit. Yep. It's and so that's the same distinction is it's you're not paying a tax to the insurance company, you're paying a contribution, a premium. And 
What's what's interesting is that what happens when you actually take Social Security? Then it's, it's actually tax. It's, it's double tax. So it's, yes. I mean, it's not technically tax according to the government, but you're you're paying into something. Oh, yes. They're, they're not saying that you're... Yeah your tax on the front end right most people just think of it as a tax it you know it essentially is but the government likes to think of it as a contribution and then your contribution is conveniently taxed on the back end anyways so it, this whole thing is just fascinating of it's it sounds like a lot of self-dealing and so when when we talk about life insurance in the insurance companies are required by good business practices and by law Mm -hmm. to make sound investments so that they can cover their future payouts. Right. This, the same entity that doesn't do any of this is telling them that by law they have yeah. to do that. The, the other thing that I just want to point out is all the things that you talked about and they have the government on their side to like throw you in jail if you, if you yeah. don't pay them. Yeah, I always say you never want to be on the side of you know, United States government versus Williams. Like that, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you never want to be in that, that predicament. And you know they they will be in business way longer than any right. of us will, right. and have the resources to squash you. So yeah, you know, that, I yeah I always say that the the three letter agency I don't want to mess with is the IRS, and you know here here we are. But you know so when we talk about this idea of not being able to have that future payment or be mm -hmm. able to cover that, that's an unfunded liability. Yeah. So I started going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, okay, so how does this even work, right? Like, yeah. there's there, there's the social social security trust and the disability um, income trust, and those tend to just get wrapped into this idea of social security. And so what mm. what they do is you make a contribution un, unwillingly, <laughs> and what do they do with that money? They actually turn around and buy U.S. Treasury securities. That's that's ironic. So they're they're making you give them money, and then they're buying their own that's Treasury right. security. And what's fascinating is that they say that these treasury securities are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Does that not make you feel better? Well, it's just more ironic. Right now, we have over 100 trillion, with a T, 100 yeah. trillion unfunded liabilities in this country. Explain that, because I think, you know, whether whenever you're listening to this, we have trillions and trillions of dollars of, of debt. And that's a lot of money, like a trillion versus a billion. Yeah, unbelievable. Is insane. We have over a hundred trillion dollars of unfunded liability, which means that we have future benefits, i.e., like social social security and other things that we don't have the money for. Yeah, and what this is saying is, you know, that we literally can't pay the bills that yeah. we have, you know, been invoiced for or future invoices for. And what's fascinating is. That is more than the all of the private wealth in this country. If you totaled up all of the private wealth in the United States, that still wouldn't cover the yeah. unfunded liability. So, like, even if the government said, "You know what? We're going to take everything," yep. they still couldn't pay it. So it's like, why? Why do they place rules for insurance companies, but they don't have to follow them themselves? Yep. And you know, I saw that you pulled up the U.S. debt clock. It's it's scary. Yeah. I mean, these are huge like unfathomable numbers. Yep. And and you can go to usdebtclock.org. You can see that the national debt at the time of this recording is over $27 trillion. And then you can go down and look at the interest paid, the U.S. total debt, which is a lot more than $27 trillion. And it's pretty it's pretty insane. Yeah, so, the, so the question really is, what's what's the end result of all of this? Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty around is is uh, Social Security going to run out in 2035? What's going to happen? Who's going to, in you know, 
in Washington, who's going to make decisions to change things. And so I, I want to talk about what's actually going to start happening next year, in hmm. 2021, is that Social Security will actually start drawing down from these trusts, and which is basically the reserves to help pay for the benefits. There's about almost $3 trillion. So we're talking in context of over $100 trillion. You know, Social Security, the trusts, have about $3 trillion in them. And the problem is, in 2019, they only earned 2.2%, these securities, which is not keeping up with inflation inflation, or the printing of money. Yeah. So it's like, oh, hmm, how, you know, how do we solve this problem? Well, you know, we could, we could increase, yeah. um, you know, taxes. We could print more money, which tends to be the. Yeah. The, if you've come to the conclusion that, oh, taxes aren't going up, I don't know what to tell you, but, but I think if you look at where a country's going, this is just one program out of many that are not doing so hot when it comes to the financials yeah. and, and what are we going to do? I, I don't, I want to sideline the economic talk as if raising taxes is a good idea um, because not everyone running our country understands economics, but um, it's like, what, what, what is going to be, what is the U.S. going to be doing that all the other countries have been doing? Probably raising taxes or changing, changing the benefit. But I, I'll, I will say if you are nearing retirement, I, I do not think the U.S. government can take away this program because so many people rely on it. So I don't, I'm not making any predictions, but I, what I don't want this video to be is fear and say, oh, like right. social, social security won't be around. It will be around. I don't know what it will look like though. Well, right. And so to ease your, ease your fears, what's, what I think is going to happen, and this is coming from the government accountability office, is that by 2035. <laughs> the government. Yeah, government. <laughs> Another irony. Right the GAO. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's most likely to happen is if nothing else changes, if no policymakers make any law changes, nothing happens to the plans, they're going to spend down these trust reserves, that, that $3 trillion. Um, and that's, that's what's going to last to about 2035. And that's where you know, it, Social Security is going to run out. That, that's what people keep saying. But the, the asterisk there is that we still have a workforce. Yes. And because we have this amazing government-sponsored Ponzi scheme, there's still people that are paying into their contribution, their contribution into Social Security, <laughs> uh, which is going to continue to fund this. But based on uh, 2019 numbers, you know, so this doesn't include COVID this year. Uh, what will be reduced is the the Social Security benefit to about 79%. And so what okay. I mean by that is the current workforce, at least in 2019, could support about 79% of the liabilities that Social Security mm. has to pay out. So. Again, I just want to, to make that real simple. They're going to pay down the trusts and then there will be a gap of about 20 to 25% of what they say they, they can owe or they say what they say they owe and are going to pay out and what the workforce can cover. Hmm. So there's a, that gap that needs to be covered through something else like potentially printing more money, like potentially yep. um, you know, raising taxes. There's, there's a lot of different ways that that can go. Um, but my question is, what are those low-hanging fruit? You know, like almost everybody we talk to, actually, I don't think anybody has said they think the taxes are going to go down. And yeah. so the question is, where you know, where is that going to come from? Is it going to come from income? Is it going to come from qualified plans? Is it going to yeah. come from something else? You know, and to me, yeah. the low-hanging fruit is the money that's already technically in control, which is yeah. qualified plans. Yeah. I don't want to be too con controversial on this video, but but the, but the reality is this. Anytime you're in a qualified plan with the U.S. government, there could be a change that's made. And this, the U.S. government, and I just find it super ironic that they're keeping themselves accountable, is not doing so well when it comes to their money. And so what, regardless of what that looks like, have that mindset and don't, um, 
don't be a fool and just just go along and then be surprised in 20 years when some rule changes because and in all fairness things need to change totally and and so i mean if i i i'm glad i'm not in the position of having to make tough decisions but i just go back to what was the original uh intention and and if people weren't even living or the average age or life expectancy wasn't over 65 then then this wasn't a, a program that people should do financial planning around right. we have a whole sector of our business of helping people maximize this benefit and again it's great but it's just it's i don't think that's what it was intended for and i think we're going to have some problems on our hand well the other thing that they could do is reduce spending Shocker. Wouldn't that be a I would, yeah, I, would. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, and again, this isn't a doom and gloom. We tend sometimes to get, get, get excited about some of these things. But uh, really, for me, it's like, what what could you start doing differently? What could you think yeah. about a little differently? Yeah. And like start planning your financial future so that you don't have to rely on Social Security. That, that really should be, in my yeah. opinion, what, what this is all about yeah. is there's things you can do today and not have to worry about the social safety net. And if it's there, amazing. You've got yeah. extra cash in your pocket. Yeah. And if not, you're going to be fine, too. And, and that's really the, the matter here is, is like with a program like this, with this scheme, we really have no control over it. That's yeah. right at the end of the day. And what do we talk about all the time? Control. Yeah. And so this, this really is a call to action to take control of your life and your finances yeah. and make it so that Social Security is, is just icing on the cake. I love it. Thank you so much for doing the research. Um, if you like these kind of videos, let us know uh, because we are continuing to try to innovate and we want to share message. I know this was kind of a different type of message, but we wanted to share this message. Just like you said, intentional living, control. Um, really understand how that relates to in the context of time. So take care, be well, continue to live intentionally. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.